0: Yo, man! Boom, Miss Rusty. It's Monday. I just said it was Monday a minute ago, and I forgot what day I was gonna say. Friday, but Monday sounds good too. So today I have a special guest, someone that I met in Utah. Uh, yeah, I, I did meet a lot of people, so it was good. So I have a small list of people that that I. We'll have on uh, from my Utah time. There's there's been a few a few people that I I liked a lot. So, um this is one of them. So uh, right here, right now, William Cattian, how you doing?
1: Not too bad for a Monday, sir. How you been?
0: Yeah, right. Oh man, pretty pretty all right. It's it's how we do it, I guess. That's hmm. that's I don't know if people say that or something. Uh, I don't know. Mondays yeah. Mondays don't mean a lot to me. Um, I don't know. I, I like Monday morning a lot, uh, which is weird. I like Sunday mornings. Uh, Sunday mornings are great. You can get a lot of stuff done and uh, yeah, but I don't know. That's just how uh, it's a day, Every day is a day. So it's, it's cool. It's
1: very true.
0: So, okay. So let's, let's just get everyone caught up with a quick little something other. So, you uh are a wrestler that based out of salt lake city did you start there or who did who'd you did you train at ucw
1: Is i right trained i trained at ucw for maybe a combined total of three months when i first started okay and, when was that Oh god eight or nine years ago Okay. before i was taking any of this seriously like When I first started training at UCW, I was 220 pounds on a five foot five frame. Whoa. Yeah. and Okay. Holy shit. The athleticism that you need and the physical shape you need to be in to wrestle wasn't there. So like my first, I think it was first two weeks of training at UC, I broke my ankle. How'd you do that? Uh... I think I was doing. We were doing some drill, and I just rolled on it. Rolled backwards on it, and it snapped. Whoa! Yeah. And then. Holy crap! Yeah. So I let. So that then heal. you and you came back. Yeah, I did. I let that heal. It took me about two months before I could actually get like my real weight on it, and then another month to like be comfortable to where I was like being able to run and walk without it hurting. And so I come back and uh, I'm there for maybe another week and a half, two weeks, maybe three at this point. And I end up with two hernias. Whoa. Yeah. How'd you do those? No idea. Okay. No idea at all.
0: Just sort of happens.
1: Just sort of happened. And so after that had those repaired and then I was like, you know what? I need to take time off. And I need to get into shape for this. So I took took about five years. And uh, I ended up dropping down to about 150, 160. And so uh, you dropped a hundred pounds? Yeah, I well close. I was about sixty pounds lighter.
0: Okay, you said you're two ten two twenty. Okay.
1: Two twenty okay, all right. And then I ah. dropped down to one sixty. Yeah. Fucking okay, impressive. Yeah. It oh, took shit. a while, but and then around that time, you know, UC wasn't really running as much as it had been. And Manny had legit just had his first show for DCW, which was Festivus His Fights. And the next day, it felt like he opened the school. And that's when I went. That's when I started showing up and taking this a lot more seriously than I had been.
0: So that Manny Lemons is the one who basically trained you
1: for the oh, most 100. part? 100% Manny Lemons, Echo, and at one time, Big. Okay.
0: Um, so then, uh, what was training like? Are you going like a few times a week, couple times a week? Uh...
1: Yeah. So in-ring training, I try and go at least twice a week, every week. And I've been doing that for four years. And then outside ring training, you know, going to the gym, that is every day. Seven days a week? Seven days a week. Sundays, Damn. I don't necessarily go to the gym but i stay at home and i do yoga i stretch myself out just to try and keep that movement going <laughs> it's important um
0: so the the old ddp yoga uh like i try that man uh that's i haven't done really yoga other than that but i did that one and that one is crazy like i, I mean yoga too uh as long hmm. as you're moving you're in good shape yeah, um, like once you stop moving you're fucked
1: um, oh 100
0: and i've been there i learned that one i learned that one the hard way and mm-hmm. you know like go 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 you're fine you know taking bumps forever and then you stop and you don't do anything and then yeah your body just everything catches up and yep. it's it's kind of shitty so um so you're there yeah going going every day and so with that then um i mean what's what's your favorite part then uh about wrestling like is it is it ring stuff is it the promos is it being on the road or whatever or uh, going to the
1: shows or is it training or what oh that's a tough one because there there are times for training you know there's there's going to be days where you don't want to go and those sure. are the days that you, that I force myself to go more than anything, because those end up being the best days, and you end up yeah. killing it at training, and they're super fun, being on the road, man, you make, you meet new people, you make memories, Y'all, there's always a laugh, there's always those, you know, those brother-to-brother conversations that you have, and those are always great, performing, getting the crowd to pop, getting them to hate you, getting them to love you, it's, Uh, I just, I just love it all.
0: Love it all. It's pretty fucking great, man. Um, I mean, yeah, there's so many different ways to go about it and it's just not, not as, you know, black and white as it can be. Um, Mm -hmm. There, there's a lot of, a lot of weird shit that happens. And so like, and yeah, like you're saying, most of those conversations, uh, like when you're on, on the road, like happen at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you get talking about some, really weird, deep shit. And, uh, especially if it's someone like, like if you're going with Manny or something, you know, him telling you some stories about that, that's kind of when some of the stuff that like, you know, you really need to
1: learn kind of comes out. Um, I found. 100%. And Manny, Manny's been around some of the top names in the business. I mean, you look at his time at the nightmare factory, you look at his time spent with the good brothers his time on impact like he's definitely a solid mentor to have
0: yeah yeah and uh good guy man i like him i like his uh you know i like him i like his dad i like his his kid i like his wife man they're all they're all uh solid people man they're pretty fucking cool Um, yeah and uh Yeah, man. So then where, uh,
1: where do you go? Like, where have you wrestled? I've wrestled in almost every state surrounding Utah, Uh, Colorado, mostly wrestled in Arizona, wrestled in New Mexico. Uh, Well, I guess I'm not, not every state, but about half of them around Utah. I'm supposed to go out to Kansas here soon and then Oklahoma shortly after that. So those will be fun. Those will be new for me. Are you driving out there or flying? Uh, The plan is to, so I'm going with a bunch of the guys that I met with at RMP. So out in Denver, and uh, they're the ones who got me booked out in Kansas. And then, so the plan is to fly out to Denver and then drive from Denver to kansas city and then the one for oklahoma i think we're just driving
0: wow from utah
1: from utah dang yeah. that's a
0: that's a haul man is that gonna be like a four or five person car ride or
1: oh definitely minimum of four people because yeah that's Tra- that would yeah the, break the bank
0: <laughs> yeah the trans right there is you know gonna be gonna be a bit to get you out there and mm-hmm. uh it's cool when you come with a Carlo too, and then uh, um, so, I mean, when you go there, though, do you uh, so let's say you go to Oklahoma, do you usually end up working someone you came with or someone uh,
1: that you that's there? Someone it that's based just, out of there? It kind of just depends on, you know, who we take out there. If we take let's say one of our young boys let's say I took my young boy Fox Taylor if I took him out there then I would 100% just be like look he's working me that's it and the reason is is because it's good for him to be out on the road it's good for him to try and get over on a new crowd but I don't feel that he's ready for a a one-on-one with somebody from out of state because he he still has that mentality like when you first start like oh i gotta go spot 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 and then a five minute match is cut into a two minute match and he's nervous and he's probably gonna get hurt or hurt himself and i'd rather him be in there with somebody who knows him and who can kind of control him
0: just grab him and shake him and tell him to slow the fuck down
1: (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) Uh, man so yeah you said so
0: what do you uh if you're in the ring I mean are you is it you were saying spot 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 is that not your style are you not a spot 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 or what's kind of your style I mean because I know there's I mean anytime you know I'm you know I've kind of done everything uh like you know but it's like you know ref or uh manage or uh work or Uh, or whatever but Mm -hmm. I mean there's just so many as people just want to do spot 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 and then Mm -hmm. there's sometimes if like the crowd isn't really into it Mm -hmm. um and I I've watched matches like that where the crowd's not into it and then they're in the middle of it and they're like I still got like three four more spots I still gotta you know get my shit in and the crowd's just not there and um I don't know I feel like there's been more training towards spot 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 but that's kind of what i feel a lot of the business has become a lot of spot 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 and so it's it's more rare that you'll be able to you know just be like hey go out there call it in the ring and you know mm-hmm. that's that's that but um so then what what you're are you kind of a combination of both or i mean
1: <laughs> not really i am more definitely more character based wrestling. I'm going to hit you once, I'm going to let you work it. I I definitely prefer calling it in the ring versus planning everything out because that's where you get lost and then character goes out the window. Yeah. Like when you're doing spot 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 and you're doing all this flippy super kicks and Canadian destroyer, Spanish fly, whatever. <laughs> like people are only going to remember that move. That night, yeah, but if I go out there and I take somebody and I give them a fish hook, I drop them on their head, and I yell out to somebody in the crowd that they're a pathetic meat sack that this is their hero, (laughs) blah 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 blah. That's going to last a lot longer, you know what I mean? Like, you look at some of the greatest wrestlers of all time, you look at The Rock, you look at Stone Cold, they didn't do big moves, they had a character. And what their character, what they portrayed as their character and what they did in the ring, they synced up. And if you don't have a character, I don't think you get over.
0: I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, my, one of my trainers, uh, Derek Drexel, uh, told me for a character development, if you, okay, so if you have your character, whatever your gimmick, whatever the fuck it is, if you go into a fast food restaurant um and they fuck up your order you know what your character is gonna do you know how your character is gonna react and once you know that that's kind of when you can take that to whatever level it needs to be because i mean uh there's a big difference like do you get if your character you get punched in the face do you go and you know you want to bite them or do you want to fucking uh you know start backing away or i mean what or like are you gonna you know try to you know go for a leg or something or, you know, go for some, go for a headlock or whatever. Um, or yeah. Are you just going to go out in the crowd and grab a chair and get ready right. to start hitting people? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Knowing, cause yeah, you can only do so much with a flip, flip, flip. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to watch too. Sometimes when you watch people, the, <sighs> The, the come on after, yeah. uh, after they do this big thing that you know that's usually there's not much of a buildup to it. it, just sort of comes out, and mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, that's and then, but then, uh, you know, you 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 kick someone in the balls, or you, uh, I don't know, uh, t- tell a yeah. fan to fuck off or something, uh, right? That's gonna get over way more than what it would be if some you know watching someone doing a flip and plus that's gonna have a reason for you to come back the next show too oh um, yes you know there's there's a reason for that and it's you know some that yeah can get lost easily with um, a lot of the spot 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 it's just
1: oh definitely there was a show we did uh, this is right about the time that Vince Russo started writing for DCW. Um, so this was three years ago, two three years ago, and I'm managing Josh Blade at the time, uh, kind of using him as my heavy, is just being an abusive douchebag to somebody who obviously was mentally ill. And that was the whole gimmick. That was the whole basis of our partnership. And somebody a few days ago posted a memory of this video and you see me yelling at the crowd, whatever. And there's this little girl, probably no older than five years old, gets so riled up and so angry at what I'm doing that she flips me off behind my back. And it's real, it's real quick. (laughs) And they posted this memory and I saw them actually at our last show and they brought it up. You know, and that that's kind of the lasting effect a gimmick will have on people is if you can get them to either love your character or hate your character that much that they bring it up now that this kid's growing up and they're like, yeah, I remember doing that to you because you were an asshole. <laughs> like that that's what you want. Yeah. That's how you that's how you get over. It. Not 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 the moves, not the not the athleticism but what you present as your character and your gimmick that's the main thing in my opinion that's going to get you over
0: yeah and it's a hell of a lot nicer at the end of the night walking away maybe doing zero to three bumps uh simple bumps too oh 100 (laughs) percent i for a very short while had did a like a cross body off the top rope and then like I did that probably like three or four times. And then I was just like, I'm fucking done doing all this. There's, there's no point to it. Uh, there's people right. who can do it a lot better than I can. And oh, yeah. um, so I'm like, wow, ah, fuck it, man. Like the only time I'll do, I think I'll do off the top ropes. I'll go and I'll do like a, a double ax handle or something off the top ropes. Like I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, it's a lot easier. I mean, I had matches where I didn't bump mm-hmm. uh, both as, face and the heel like it's it's nice when you can do that and then like that's the one that people remember like that's the match like the match where nobody does anything Um, I had a couple of friends they did a match where they both just worked uh, each other's thumb and that was the whole match mm-hmm. and that was the match that everyone remembered everyone talked about for the whole time it t- neither of them took a bump and you know went out and told a story got their characters over and uh, this is I mean as a, a formula like the people back then like you know back in the territory days and before that mm. I mean it was just there wasn't much I mean as much to it it's just you just you know you gotta know your fucking gimmick and if you mm. yeah you don't know your gimmick you can only do so much you can only get over
1: so much right? and that's I, I just don't see the point in, you know, breaking your body for that 10 second pop. I would rather right. have me cut a promo and have that pop every time that I walk out just because <laughs> of what I said two, three months ago.
0: Right. So. Yeah. They're not going to be like, oh man, that guy fucking jumped off uh, a ladder three months ago. Like I wonder, you know, like can you talk uh yeah like i mean what, what's what's the point of of him like why why is he out there why why should i care about him mm-hmm. but yeah you got people like when you walk out and they're already pissed off at you mm-hmm. um it's that, like you got to bring it back so uh, another thing with that so um uh where the fuck did you learn how to hold a mic like, it's it's the weirdest looking thing, man. I love it. I love it so much. But it just, you're the only person I know it doesn't. It looks weird as fuck, but it's cool.
1: So, when I was first given that whole mob boss gimmick, I, I was watching a lot of mob movies. Goodfellas, uh, Godfather, Gangs of New York, stuff like that. And I saw how they would hold their wine glasses, like very. Okay. It was almost arrogant, and they would take a sip and they would just hold it just up, just like that. And I was like, you know what? I like that, and that that's one hundred percent where it came from. The whole upside down mic thing was just because I saw people holding wine glasses like that, and it was different and it stood out. So.
0: that's what you do i mean nobody does that in the world i know better than you
1: well i appreciate that
0: (laughs) yeah um you're welcome and so another thing uh so when i moved to utah i went and i was looking at at promotions and seeing you know watching videos and reading the you know about the pages so then i saw that uh that Vince Russo was, you know, a writer for DCW. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, how how did that come about? Like
1: so I can't tell you like all the fine details, but I know Manny had been talking to him for a while. Uh he used to work out at Rocky Mountain Pro where Manny met him and Manny liked what he was doing out there. And he eventually asked him, you know, come write for us, come write for us. So at our first year anniversary. Um, that was the big surprise, not only for us in the locker room who aren't a part of management, but for the devoted, the devoted faithful that, uh, yeah, Vince Russo has agreed to write for us. And it was, there was our locker room at the time was so massive and it was guys that Russo had worked with before. And it was guys that he saw potential in. And I'm going to toot my own horn here. Me being one of them that he just, he's like, yes, I, I want to work with you guys. You guys have a great locker room. You guys have a great vibe here, but bro, let's do it.
0: <laughs> you got to have the bro in there, man. Like, you have to have the bro when talking
1: about Russo.
0: So what, what did he want to do with you? Like, what was, what was sort of the, what he was going for, for you? Like, what, what did he want to showcase for you? So, most. for me,
1: for me, especially, it was my ability on the mic. So, we do seminars quite frequently at DCW. Um, it's I mean, it's the best way to learn. I mean, I've been able to train and work with Eric Young that way. I've been able to work with Glacier and Q T. Marshall and Cheeseburger, and just the list goes on and on. But we are doing, Russo was doing a seminar about characters and gimmicks and how to basically what you needed to do to get yourself over. And normally at these seminars, they kind of give you a minute to kind of showcase and then like, okay, this is what you learned. This is what you can do better on. Um, and so Russo asked at the very end of his seminar, hey, I need you guys, I want you guys to come up and I want you to cut a promo for me. I'm not gonna give you a time limit. I just want you to talk. And uh, I stood up and I don't know if you remember Bruce Wayans.
0: Yep, uh, from uh, Colorado.
1: Yes, so yep. I stood up and Bruce Wayans stood up and we kind of squared off and I just, we, and then I just walked to the ring and I got in. And I cut this promo. It was maybe about four and a half minutes, five minutes, just straight talking and at the very end russo told me that he had not heard a promo like that in at least the last 6 years that he had not heard anyone that confident or be able to tell a story like that in the past 6 years and so his whole and when i cut that promo he looked at me cuz i was in a suit and i had my hair all black and cut all nice and he looked at me and he said you know you kind of remind me of Joe Pesci and what I can see with your look with your very distinct look in the suit and the way you talk is I want to see you as a mob boss and that's where it went that was his whole plan was to get me over as this psychotic mob boss who had the reins on a monster Because before he came in, I wasn't talking. They had paired me with Josh Glade in this, in our tag team, was called Group Therapy. Glade doesn't talk, I didn't talk, and we had a manager in Psycho. And so the whole premise of our original storyline was me taking control of Josh Glade from Psycho and eventually trying to take over DCW. So
0: holy shit okay so Mm. then then with that um like what did so what i mean what was the first thing that he had you do then like what was f F, so you cut this fucking sweet promo um and he tells you that he wants you to have this gimmick i Mm. mean what's what was the first step
1: The first step was giving me a reason to turn on Psycho. And that came at a perfect time Uh, for the tag team championships against the Brother Smith. And so it was, and the Brother Smith were trying to get Tombstone to be their great watcher and so there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of pieces. And that's one thing you'll notice about Russo's booking is all these, there's, there's a lot to look at, a lot of little pieces to look at, but the big picture is what it comes down to. And all these stories kind of intertwined at one point. Yeah. So the first step was us competing in a triple three or in a six man tag for the tag team titles and Dr. Psycho getting pinned. So that, that was the oh, okay. first step.
0: The yeah.
1: next step was taking, is getting Glade to win without Psycho there. Basically uh, okay. me scaring Psycho to stay in the bat. me being me and yelling at Glade and him winning a chance at the core championship. And that that was the seed that was planted. That was okay. Now he's he's Glade does better when he listens to to me versus you know listening to Psycho. He actually wins when he listens to me.
0: So then, um, so yeah, I mean, you were always healed then. Uh, like the whole time you've been in, you've never you never been a face anywhere.
1: I worked a couple of places. Face. I have worked Arizona. Face. I. Quite recently, well, not recently, it's been about a year of being a face of devotion. No shit? Yeah. Oh, okay. And and that wasn't like a storyline thing. That wasn't, it was one of those things that happened organically. Um, It was about four months after I won the Utah State Championship. I found out that I had a herniated disc in my neck and it was compressing my spinal cord whoa um and it was so bad to the point like if you go back and i can't remember the episode number but if you go to devotions youtube channel there's a picture of me squaring up with brother chapman um and you go back and you watch my match where i unified the belts there's a spot where he goes for a simple shoot off and i just collapse. Um, the reason being, and I knew I was hurt going into that match, but the reason I collapsed was I couldn't feel my legs. I would take a, yeah, I would take a bump and I would feel pins and needles down my arms and down my legs. I would go to run and I would lose, I would be walking upstairs and I would just fall because I couldn't, one of my legs didn't go up like it was supposed to. Um, so at our, at our three-year anniversary show, I went in as Utah State Television Champion. And that's where I told the fans that, you know, I was hurt and I was hurt bad. I went and saw the surgeon actually the Friday before to get me ready for surgery. Um, and he was looking at my neck and he said, I don't know if you'll ever be able to wrestle again. He was surprised that I was even walking let alone things and moving on my own. That's how bad it was. And so at our three-year show, I address, you know, the crowd. And the the best part about that was, is I come out, my music hits, I walk out, I'm holding my belt, I'm in my suit. And uh, the crowd doesn't even want me to talk. (laughs) You suck, bone saw, go away, shut the hell up, Chance. And uh, somebody said something and I was able to address that person directly because they, they kind of stood out in front of everybody. And uh, I addressed them and I can't remember what, ex- they said something about my bar fights gimmick, Martine, who's totally opposite, He's a party guy, whatever. But they said something about Martine and I looked at him, I was like, well, when I go, Martine goes with me. And he kind of got this look on his face, like, what? And then everyone realized, like, I wasn't out there as William Cutting. I was Whoa. out there as Josh. And I, uh, I cut, I, I wasn't, it wasn't cutting a promo for, for me. It was like talking to a bunch of friends and letting them know something bad had happened. And yeah. there was this moment where they went from booing me. And basically trying to get me to just leave the ring to it went dead quiet, like you could have heard the a pin drop in that in that place to thank you, Bonesaw, please don't go chance.
0: whoa,
1: yeah <laughs> and so when that happened, I mean, we had no choice but to turn me face when I came back, yeah. I mean, the the fans showed love and support for me, and they continue to show love and support for me since coming back from that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you're gonna be that over as a fucking heel, you're gonna be that
1: over as a face. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent.
0: Like it's, yeah, it's pretty easy. Like so, um, and so you were out for a long fucking time. Uh, eight like months. Said, eight months, and so uh what did you do for eight months
1: i or i so the first two weeks i laid in bed i wasn't allowed to get up for more than going to the bathroom and eating whoa and that that was rough because even going into the surgery like working out i wasn't able to lift more than 50 pounds and i had put on quite a bit of weight Um, but once I had the surgery and the first two weeks was laying in bed and then after that I was able to get back into a more regular routine Um, so they didn't what they normally do for a surgery like that on somebody who's older is they will fuse the part of the neck that's injured so you can't move it Mm I am lucky enough that I was young enough when I got hurt that they just gave me an artificial disc so I have a piece of titanium whoa in my neck it's pretty dope (laughs) Um, holy shit I didn't know they did that yeah it's relatively new I'm not gonna say the brand new I know it's still not like the norm for people uh, to have that done but I was able to you know get get my disc in and then it was working out my neck a lot more doing, they gave me a bunch of exercises to keep it going. Uh, They said, do these for about two months, let us know if it gets worse or better. And after I think the first three months, I was able to go back to lifting how I was lifting. And uh, they told me to take it easy, but like, I was able to go to the gym within a reasonable amount of time. And in that time, I was still going to trainings. I just wasn't bumping. Okay. Yeah. I was sitting on the sidelines. I was watching people. I mean, I was doing what I could. I was still helping out on shows. I was still, you know, when we would do promo class, I would still get in and cut promos. And I was still involved in storylines and it built to eventually my comeback.
0: What was the storyline when you were gone?
1: The storyline was that I had bought half of DCW.
0: Okay, that gimmick. Okay, yeah. And yeah, so, sure. so you bought half of DCW, and then, uh, but it's okay, so whoever owns it, I don't, I don't know. Oh, so or whatever, whoever mm-hmm. the other half is. Yeah. Um, so at the
1: time we were, it was Papa Rob. It was Manny's dad. Oh, okay. So it was Papa Rob was the guy behind the scenes and I was the guy up in front of the camera like saying that I'm bringing these names in putting up putting the matches together and then eventually once I got medically cleared, it was well we need, we need you to come back and we need somebody to like basically blame for breaking your neck. Yeah, and it was. The obvious choice at the time, and I still think it's great because me and him have great matches together was Brother Chaplin. Cool. Yeah. He he was the top heel at the time, and it was it became this whole, well, he's become a thorn in my side, and now he's taking credit for breaking my neck. And huh. so we we kind of ran with it.
0: <laughs> Only in wrestling, man.
1: Only so... in wrestling.
0: So then you, you come back and uh I mean what what was, so that was like was it like a, a run in or was it you just came that's like I'm gonna be back here on uh at the next show and I'm ready to meet him in the ring. I'm ready to uh I'm gonna have a match, or is it just you, music hits, you run out to the ring? What uh
1: it was a very very slow burn cool so what doesn't happen yeah it was so it started off with him kind of cheating to keep the heavyweight championship and me throwing opponent after opponent after opponent at him and him always finding these little loopholes in whatever I did um until one day, or one of the shows, we did a multi-man ladder match for the heavyweight championship. and He was with uh, his faction is the Prophets of Destruction, so it's got MK, it's got Kid Ref in it, um, and they kind of just cycle through every once in a while. Like uh, Katarina, she's in there, and she actually helped him at one point keep the title. Um, wow. But it was like this this okay. back and forth between me and him. I came out and I, uh, I basically cost him the slatter match. He was, it was a short thing. I ran in, grabbed him, ripped him off the ladder, hit him with my finisher. And then I think it was Brett. It was either Brett or Tom Chad won the title that night. Oh, okay. and, uh, and so yeah. The show after that is when I had finally gotten medically cleared Um, and we came out and we have the young boy I mentioned earlier, Fox, uh, saying, oh, I want to be a wrestler. And I was like, if you beat me tonight, I will allow you to be a wrestler. Like nobody knew I had been medically cleared except for the locker room and like a handful of people in my own personal life. And uh, the match with Fox was real quick, maybe... Thirty seconds, and then I had four minutes to talk. And I started talking about how you know my injury, how recovery has been, and how Chatwin has been nothing but a pain. And I called him out that night. Oh
0: shit! So, yeah. So, so was nobody very, was expecting that match to.
1: Nobody until I, until I got on the mic and I was like, you know, I lied to you earlier this evening. Uh, I have been medically cleared in chat when I'm coming for you.
0: So did it happen right then or was it like later on in the show?
1: It was later on in the show.
0: But even better. Kept that slow burn even a little further. Yes. Um, yes. That's something that's, that's cool. Like that you're doing that. Like there's not a lot, like so many stories just get pushed through so quickly. And um, Mm -hmm. don't really get time to digest what's happening, especially uh, wrestling fans like mm-hmm. you got you got to let them same with doing you know a zillion moves and five minutes and uh, like you got to slow down you got to let people like register like oh okay that happened here okay
1: mm-hmm. and then let that moment sink in man enjoy it yeah
0: yeah and you don't have to do anything in that moment you just Cause they're reacting, they're registering, and you can just be there. You do your do your thing, and uh, and yeah, like yeah, you gotta let you know people uh, go. You got let people Mm -hmm. fucking know what's going on. You can't just we're not all super fast, and like even if you like have a lightning quick mind the stuff's not going to settle if you're watching it all, unless you let it settle. Right. It's just, you're going to, you're not going to remember every little move that came in there. Mm -hmm. If they got 10 moves, you can do two moves. Yeah. Remember both those and, uh, you know, get, get probably more. People remember that more than maybe one or two of those moves that they did. Mm -hmm. And, um, Okay, so then let's let's kind of uh, wrap it up here. Uh, so uh, what haven't let's see what's what's one thing you want to get done here in the next year?
1: Within the next year, I definitely want to travel more. Uh, definitely want to get to the point where i have dcw coming to me and saying look we want you to be our coach that that would be a big one for me um yeah and just just do the rounds man make towns and
0: yeah keep doing
1: what i'm doing you know (laughs)
0: it's fucking awesome man it's what it's what you gotta do um cool so then where are people going to find you um you know, besides in a, you know, I don't know, running behind you in an alley. Um, <laughs> where, yeah. What?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Bonesaw underscore Will. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under William Cutting. Uh, if you just Google Bonesaw William Cutting, I am the first four things that pop up. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> You can also catch all of our stuff, all of Devotion stuff on uh, YouTube under Devotion Championship Wrestling. We're on Fight under the same name. Um, If you want to see us live or see me live, our next show is this Thursday, which will be the 16th. Yeah, the 16th at Liquid Joe's in Salt Lake City. Um, That is a 21 and older show. Or if you want to bring your kids, to a more kidly friend, kid friendly show. Uh, we'll be at March. It'll be March eighteenth, so this Saturday uh, for Match Madness at seven forty West seventeen hundred South in Salt Lake City.
0: They're in a new place. Yes, they're not at the Gateway anymore. No, the Gateway.
1: Sure. Uh, the place we're using for the Gateway, they're tearing it down. They're. Whoa. Yeah, they Basically tore it down. So
0: oh crap okay yeah well cool all right we'll shoot um so yeah so dude thanks for being on man awesome talking with you and um yeah i'll I'll get this out here in like an hour and get it up to you
1: awesome Um, man
0: yeah and yeah you guys fucking check him out check him out his good stuff watch some of his matches watch watch some of his promos too do it both (laughs) do it both and yeah so uh Thank you, everyone, for listening. And that is the show, man.